1: Welcome, everyone, to the Pick 6 Podcast, and it is a big day because this is the final episode of our All 32 series, and uh, you listeners are in luck because we have saved the best for last. You're getting the best host, me, John Breach, and you're getting the best guest, who I will introduce momentarily. Uh, I'm in the host chair today because Will Brinson is out celebrating his birthday. It's an emotional day for him. He was going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. They filed for bankruptcy. I have no idea what he's going to do now. Uh, but he was too emotional to host. Now, the unfortunate part of Brinson being out is because he's missing our final team in the All-32 series, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, of course, Brinson is blocked on Twitter by half of the Carr family, so this might actually be for the best. Now, joining me to talk Raiders football is someone who knows more about the Raiders than possibly anyone, and that is Vic Tafer. Of the Athletic, he's had a front row seat to every crazy thing that's happened with this team over more than the past decade. From Wayne Kiffin's firing to Antonio Brown's frozen feet to this move to Las Vegas, uh, Vic has been there for everything. Vic, thanks for joining us, and uh, how's everything going for you in this very, very crazy offseason?
2: Yeah, it's going good. just kind of hoping things uh, turn out okay. But uh, I'm curious, which uh, half of the Carr family blocked, uh, blocked Will?
1: I think uh, David – Derek has two brothers, right? Derek might have even
2: blocked them yeah. also. Well, maybe I, could, I thought maybe his mom and dad jumped in. But, uh, okay, yeah. So um, you've gotta got to be careful out there on the, the Twitter streets. Definitely. Well, the cars have blocked quite a few people, right? You keep tabs on that? I don't keep tabs, but they definitely are all actors and I do uh, like to block. So, uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> keep tabs kind on of, that kind of stuff. But, uh. Yeah. So if anyone
1: is listening and you're interacting with the cars on Twitter, be careful because you might get blocked. Uh, now, it's been a busy off season for the Raiders. So let's jump right into this. We're going to cover a lot of ground here over the next 20, 25 minutes. Uh, and let's start with this move to Las Vegas. Now, let me ask you, this might be a little bit of a weird question. But I feel like if there was no pandemic, fans in Oakland would be upset right now about the move. This Their move to Vegas will probably be a topic we are talking about nearly every day during OTAs and spring workouts if they had happened. So do you think it's been good for the Raiders that something has overshadowed their move to Vegas?
2: No, I wouldn't agree with that. I think that most of the fans, if they were upset, were upset at the end of last season. I think a lot of them are planning to go and travel the games. Some are kind of sad and resigned to it. I mean, the team's moved a lot over the years. But uh, I think it'd be more positive, more kind of going into a new, you know, a new city and the new market and kind of uh, a lot more hype. I think the hype's been kind of uh, toned down. You haven't heard from uh, Mike Mayock or John Gruden much at all. They haven't talked about offensive draft, really. So I think um, – Kind of been low key and kind of maybe a lot more, a lot less hype than they would have had otherwise.
1: Yeah, and because of this low key and like you said, we haven't heard from Guden Mayock really this offseason. How would you say the transition is going for the team? Because I think people on the outside don't really see anything because of everything that's happening. Uh So, what would you describe this transition as right now
2: in this offseason? Uh it's you know, I was just weird. I think it, it will be good. I think they just uh, the coaches just moved into the new offices in Henderson uh, Monday. The players will get to go there when camp opens up uh, next month. So the new facility is almost ready to go. We're still doing some finishing touches. And the stadium will be ready uh, late July. So that's two really impressive buildings that are going to be you know, state-of-the-art, which is exciting for both uh, coaches and players and even fans. So I think that's kind of a big deal. I think the tickets have all been sold out. Who knows if fans will get to go to games. But uh, I think it's been, you know, it, it would be um, exciting if that's all the of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, and – I. We're talking about Vegas again. They just moved to Vegas. And I know one of the worries of putting a team in Vegas is that it's kind of a 24-hour party town, and there was a concern that maybe uh, – and maybe it will eventually happen – is that players will go out and be on the town all night. Maybe that will happen with visiting teams more than the home team. Do you think that's something the Raiders are concerned about, especially with the strip reopening now? And, and you know, if you're out there, there's always the possibility of catching
2: coronavirus. Yeah, I'm sure it's a concern, but I mean, right now I can't even myself. I can't even imagine a nightclub during the pandemic how that would work or what that would be like. Or, so, I can't imagine the temptation will be the same for players if they wanted to stay safe. But um yeah, it's definitely going to be something you have to worry about as far as you know these gambling and casinos, and, and you can lose your shirt on the, you know Tuesday night at <laughs> two in the morning. You know? So um uh, yeah, definitely I think it's something they have to worry about. But I think again, probably you know the pandemic and the effects, and I think things being a little more sedate than they have been, I would imagine will definitely be to their advantage.
1: All right, this team made a ton of off-season moves. I'm going to start with one they didn't make. Let's talk about the Tom Brady sweepstakes uh, just really quick. I know you wrote about this for The Athletic. How interested do you think the Raiders were in adding Brady, and do you think they ever had a chance, or do you think Brady just kind of shut the door on that, or did the Raiders shut the door on
2: it? I think there was some interest. I think I was, I think the price tag was a little much. I think um, if they had gotten an inclination that Tom really wanted to come here, that may have made things even more, you know. Uh, turn the knob up a little bit more. But I think this didn't really ever happen like that. I think it's kind of those more a feeling out process. I think he was happier to go to uh, Tampa, get the money he wanted, the situation he wanted. He wanted to change in terms of coaching styles. And Bruce Arians is definitely a lot more laid back than Bill Belichick. So I just think that was kind of the way he was headed um, you know, probably early on. So, uh, um, yeah, I think the Raiders kind of you know, put their toes in the water and kind of got their toes up pretty quick. All right,
1: let's 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 jump to Derek Carr. We talk about him a lot on this podcast uh, and, and real quick, how do you think he took just the whole conversations about Tom Brady and the possibility, you know, that he might be replaced if Brady had maybe shown interest in the Raiders?
2: Yeah, I talked to him and did a story, an interview with him um, when, after, after that happened, and he was cool with it. I mean, his take, well, and I think it's a good take, is that you know what, if you don't, you know, look into getting the best quarterback of all time, obviously you're not doing something right. I mean, that's obviously a guy you can look at. It. If you're, if you're Derek Carr, like you know what, if I get replaced, it's going to be by the best quarterback of all time. Otherwise, I'll be back, which I think that's just the way to look at it. So I think um, he's fine. He knows it's a big year for him and for John Gruden. And uh, the offense has got 10 of 11 players back. So uh, everything's pointing to to a good year for him. I think he's very uh, optimistic and uh, and excited about this season. Yeah,
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there saying it is a big year. Maybe this is just my opinion as someone who grew up in Cincinnati, but it feels like Derek Carr is the new Andy Dalton, where people love to debate whether or not he's the true franchise quarterback who can – Help the Raiders take the next step, you know, get a, a playoff win or two, and maybe even get back to the Super Bowl. H- how much pressure do you think is on Derek Carr uh, heading into 2020, especially with the team that Groot and Mayock have put around him this year?
2: Yeah, I think it's a good comp. I think with Annie Dalton, you know, obviously, you have to have some success enough to tease people. Again, I want them to have more success. They kind of they, they expect more out of you at some point. So, I think that's been the case with Derek. He's had some downfalls, some injuries. I think there is a lot of pressure on Derek this year. I think this is the first time. They brought in someone to really challenge him in the seven years here now, I mean, Marcus Mariota. They give him $7.5 million guaranteed money. So uh, it won't happen right away, but at some point he'll be ready to challenge for the job. And I think Dirk has to play well to keep him you know, at a distance. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Mariota because that was going to be my
1: next question. I actually thought that was one of the most interesting signings of the off season. and maybe didn't, just because of everything that's going on, didn't get as much uh, nationwide traction as it probably should have been. You're bringing a, a guy who a former number two overall pick who started a bunch of games in Tennessee. Do you think there's any chance that Mariota ends up pushing Carr for the starting job? Do you think if Carr struggles, the Raiders might turn to Mariota?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, I mean, you don't want to predict anyone having a rough start, but if definitely if Derek got off to a bad first five or six games, I think it would be a hot topic. I think, uh, again, you don't give a guy $7.5 million just to the whole clipboard. So I think, um, and was also incentives. Like if if he wins a job this year, Mariota, becomes a guy next year, he gets a lot more money. So, And if he doesn't, it's a one-year, $7.5 million deal. He can go on to somewhere else next year and try to get a, start to, a chance to start. So I think it's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for the Raiders. I think it's all on Derek Carr's shoulders. He has to make sure he plays well enough to make sure it's not even a topic in, in week six or seven.
1: Yeah, and the Raiders have definitely been trying to put as many weapons around him as possible. And one of the weapons they added uh was Henry Ruggs, who I think was a, a pick that didn't surprise anyone. How excited is the team about him and what he might be able to do to help that offense? Yeah,
2: they're very excited. Now, they love his speed. Now, more than that, I love his toughness. I think you can watch his game show. Man. He's a more, more just a speedster. He definitely does uh, a lot of things in the special teams and makes sure sort of tackles and you know. Interceptions. Just a physical guy who likes to mix it up a little bit. So I think um, ideally, John Gruden thinks he's their version of Tyreek Hill, a guy that can use different ways and kind of just uh, spread the field for other other guys. Like Darren Waller should have a lot less attention now with Henry Ruggs going deep so in, uh, on a slant pattern. So I think it's uh, definitely an exciting move for the for coaching staff and for in for Derek Carr.
1: Do you think this offense will be one that looks similar to what it did last season? Obviously, they have J- Josh Jacobs in the backfield. John Gruden uh, loves to pound the ball, but now they have you know a lot of good receivers. They have Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams. They signed Nelson Nagelor, Hunter Renfro in there. Do you think they'll start throwing the ball a little bit more, or do you think it'll be pretty similar to what they did last year? I
2: think they have to with the Cavs they brought in, mean, but I also think John said just after the draft it's not going to change too much. They're still going to use three tight end sets. They're going to pound the ball. That's what he likes to do, but now, with these other options you have, it just gives you guys more, more options. There's definitely more room to operate. And I think, um, you know, always want, if you can score, I so. It definitely saves you some time and effort. So I think they'll mix that in. I think Darren Wall all have a big year. So I think the offense will be a lot more, uh, wide open and more spread out, but still I think there will be more and, and always emphasis on holding the ball and, and using uh, as many tight ends as you can get on the field.
1: Yeah, and speaking of tight ends, one of the guys they added was uh, Jason Witten. And let's be honest, no one was busier this offseason than the Raiders. It seemed like they were signing a new guy every other day besides Witten and Aguilar, they, a bunch of defensive uh, guys who will probably be starting, Malik Collins, Corey Littleton, DeVarious Randall. Uh, and, and a few guys I'm definitely not naming. Who do you think, out of everyone they signed this off season was the biggest signing for this team, and why?
2: I have to go with uh, Corey Littleton, linebacker from the Rams. I think they also signed Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears, so they have probably the two the best linebackers they've had in a very long time. It's been a position they've always kind of overlooked, and underachieved that. It's been a problem. Their defense has been terrible the last decade. So I think um, both those guys can cover. Both those guys are athletic to kind of uh, get to the ball in a hurry. So I think it's going to be exciting for fans to actually see a good linebacker play uh, in, a, in a silver and black jersey.
1: Yeah, uh, Vic, you're definitely... You're leading me right into my next question every time, so I'm loving this. Now, you just mentioned how bad their defense has been. It seems like it was their focus to kind of revamp this defense this offseason, and obviously that makes sense because you wrote about this this past week that the team has literally had a bad defense for the better part of a, a decade. Uh, you know, they've ranked at the bottom of the NFL on uh, giving up the most points, whether it's yardage, it's literally everything, uh, and Vic wrote a fantastic story that you can read on The Athletic. So let me ask you this. Do you think they did enough? to Do you think this defense can be good? This year, and and maybe good isn't good enough. Do you think they're going to be good enough to slow down a team like the Chiefs? That's a big
2: ask. I think definitely um, they'll be better. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, the linebackers, obviously, that will be much better. But little uh, question marks in front. I mean, you need a, a bounce back here from Clee uh, Furl and I uh, was Max Crosby was do what did last year. He had ten sacks, so to duplicate that. They need that pass pressure. They got Carl Nassib also to help out there. So the pressure is a key factor that was better this year. Secondary still got kind of a question mark. I mean, I like Trayvon Mullen. And then they have the first round pick with Damon Arnett. So if he's as good as they think he is, then obviously it also lends itself to having a much better defense this season. Uh, what would you say? And this could be on offense or defense or
1: special teams. What do you think the team's uh, biggest weakness is right now?
2: That's a good question. I have to probably, I mean, the offense, I think, should be elite. I mean, the offensive line is great, and um, the receiver should be good enough. So Josh Jacobs is a So I have to go defense. I love the linebackers already. So I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with secondary. I think. Um, yeah, we don't know how good they is going to be, and having you know no off-season workouts is going to be tough for a rookie to come in. And then they also signed Prince Emu Kamara, which is a solid guy. But, I mean, you mentioned you know, the Chiefs and what a big threat there they are. So to stop them, they have to be able to cover guys and stay with guys long enough. So I think that secondary will be put to the test. So I think that will be the make, the, make uh, the big question mark for me as far as uh, the defense goes.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to ask Vic uh, what the biggest positional battle this team is going to have at training camp.
0: Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562 314 4603 for complete details.
1: All right, everyone, welcome back. And Vic, you just mentioned uh, the secondary is possibly the weakness, maybe the, the, or the biggest worry going into the season, especially in a division when you're playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think is going to be the biggest divisional battle at training camp? Is it going to be for one of those corner spots
2: uh, uh, or somewhere else? Yeah, we'll stay in the secondary. I'll, I'll go with safety. They, um, they have Eric Harris back from last year. They have signed Jeff Heath from the Cowboys, now signed Demarius Randall. So those three guys will be fighting for a spot opposite Jonathan Abram, who's back from injury last year, and uh, they have big plans for him. So obviously some kind of combination of those four guys has to start in safety and, and make some plays. So I think that will be my spot to really focus on once we get to in the training camp. And even though the secondary has struggled, it seems like this year is
1: different just in the sense that at least they have more talent to choose from, uh, to fill those spots where they have been struggling. You mentioned, uh, Prince Amokemara and, uh, you know, obviously Damon Arnett's now there. So it does feel like, and Demarius Randall, they added, it does feel like there is more talent in the secondary, but we don't know if that's gonna translate to success on the field. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, one game that I'm mentioning is Amit Robertson, their, their fourth round pick, uh, he's only 5'8, but. A lot of scouts love him. It's nasty, a nasty cornerback, and he wants to play right away. So he'll be pushing Marcus Jones in a slot corner spot. So definitely some talent. There. Marcus Jones is a guy that has a big bounce back here also. So there's some talent there. It's got to make sure they get to the most out of it this year.
1: All right. We have a lot of Raiders fans who listen to this podcast, and they are probably uh, itching to get to the end of the All-32 one because they know what we do here. This is where we get to the part we're going to start. Getting predictions here. Right now the Raiders, uh, plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl the odds from our friends at William Hill, plus 1,500 to win the AFC and plus 850 to win the AFC West. So if you love winning money and you bet some on the Raiders in Vegas, uh, you might win some if, if they have a good season. Vic, let me ask you this. Best case scenario. If everything goes right for this team, uh, how do you think they
2: finish in 2020? Wow, everything goes right. Uh, I guess we'll say um, 10 wins, 11 wins. I mean, that seems a like a lot, but we're saying a perfect scenario where defense plays well and the offense is you know, top-five offense. We'll say 11 wins. Maybe they actually – I mean, they probably still can't win the uh, division, but definitely will be a playoff team. I think um, you know, ideally their offense is good enough where it scares people and, and keeps them in the games. Yeah, and they were in a
1: lot of games last season. I don't think that is uh... – and like you said, the defense—the biggest question mark. So let's let's go the opposite route here. What happens if the wheels just totally fall off the wagon? Everything goes wrong. We have Mar- Marcus Marietta starting by week eight. Uh, what happens? What do you think the record is if everything goes wrong?
2: Well, if the wheels fall off, and uh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I mean, I'm trying to think how bad that could be. But yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess 4 well I mean, We're running in Vegas is seven and a half. So yeah. if we're saying eleven is, is is the upside, maybe four is the downside, and four would be an awful year. So I think um, the schedule is not as bad though. As it wasn't the schedule actually is very manageable this year. So I think four and twelve would be a really bad season.
1: Yeah, I don't know if if you got the sense from the team, but when the schedule came out, was it something that they were happy with, or uh, maybe thought it was a little unfair? I know some teams aren't always happy with their schedule.
2: Oh, They were thrilled. I mean, last year they had the worst schedule uh, maybe in history. Them the the Bucks the worst schedule in the history of the NFL. They were on the road for seven weeks in a row, uh, played really tough teams. I mean, it was hard to bounce back from that. So I think um, this year they host four games, uh, night games in Vegas, which is a huge edge. Obviously, the league, excited about Vegas. They want to go party in Vegas, the league officials and everybody. So it works in the Raiders' favor. So four, four home games at night in Vegas should be a huge boost.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, the schedule could not have been any worse than it was last year, uh, as you mentioned uh so yeah you mentioned that the over under is set at seven and a half so i'm going to ask you just let's forget the ceiling let's forget the wheels falling off the wagon what do you think uh this final record is going to be for the raiders obviously still two months before the season something could happen at training camp but as of right now what do you think that final record is going to be
2: i've written so many positive stories this offseason i'm kind of a um, influence my own decisions. But I'm going to go with nine wins. I think nine wins uh, is a good number. I think, um, like you mentioned, we talked about the offense. I think the offense should be great. I think the defense should be better. I, mean, I think anything less than nine years would be a bad It would be a bad season. I mean, John Gruden's kind of built up to this point uh, to kind of tanked the first season and last year they made some more moves. They rebuilt the whole roster. So, if they can't you know, get to eight and eight and nine and seven this year, things have really gone wrong um, as far as a big, big splash you know, in the Vegas. So, I think nine wins is definitely a, my prediction and anything less would be uh, not good. And here
1: we got it. Vic's early pick is the over. I read your Vic's picks. I follow you on Twitter. And you guys listening can read Vic's stuff at The Athletic. If you don't subscribe, then subscribe because he puts out great stuff, especially during the season and even during the offseason all the time. Uh, Vic, thanks for joining us and talking Raiders football.
2: Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for all the nice words. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Vic. Tafer, V-I-C-T-A-F-U-R. Uh, uh, remember to download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review here on the Pick 6 podcast. And if you do leave a five-star review, you should definitely mention how awesome I was as a host today and how awesome Vic was. As a guest, we will be back soon. Uh, check your feed and see you guys down the road.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.